Hello, and welcome to On a Mission Podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at Remax Results, a Good Life Group, and Kelly Tankey, loan originator, NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of On a Mission Podcast. I'm Dina Frank. I'm Kelly Tanky. And today we have another special guest. And Kelly, why don't you introduce her? I would be happy to. So we have our guest on today. Her name is Gretchen Pyle. She is with EXP Realty and the Schneider team. Um, And how did Gretchen and I meet? Uh, Just by stars crossing at the right time in the right place through the Stillwater Chamber of all places. When I I was involved in um, ambassador work with the chamber, um, they had a myriad of of different um, uh, community events and stuff. And so our paths crossed at that time. It would have been back in, gosh, 2017, maybe 2018, very beginning of 2018. So we go back a ways and we have stayed in close communication ever since. We've done some deals together. Um, Gretchen is a rock star on both the Minnesota and Wisconsin side. Um, So both sides of the river this one cross. So um, we're going to get into the meat and potato questions here in just a moment. But Gretchen, we always love to start off with rapid fire questions. So just first thing that comes to mind, they're pretty simple, nothing that you should stumble over. So uh, first and foremost, where are you from? Rosemont, Minnesota, currently live in Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, Gretchen, what is your favorite restaurant? Bill Terrace Hideaway. No, mm. can't beat it. Yeah, so good. So good. That's Co- Cosmo in town too. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know we're doing rapid fire questions, but Gretchen, you have to give just a little like sneak peek of what Phil's Tara Hideaway really represents and what it's all about. Oh my gosh. It is the coziest, most comforting place. It's always jam packed. Yeah. Everybody's excited to be there. Um, yeah. They always have like the best specials and it's just <clears throat> really kind of that comfort high-end food, but it also mm-hmm. feels like something that came from your grandma's kitchen Ooh, and yeah. it's just, and they have the best drinks and mm-hmm. uh, the ambiance is cozy. They have, it kind of feels like a little cabin yes. in there. Very it's much. just so cute. I love going there on <laughs> cold winter's night. And <laughs> is, it, thing. is it in Hudson then? It's in Stillwater. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a great spot. Yes. And it's been there for a really long time. Like my dad, even like, <clears throat> since, like 
sixties, I believe. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a family restaurant and it, yeah, it is amazing. I tell anybody that's like, where to go, that's where you need to go. Absolutely. Totally. Wow. Totally. Yeah. That was a, that was a great share and a very good choice in one of your favorite restaurants and go-to places. So, um, tell us something you're most proud of. Um, you know, I think, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later when we get into the meat and potatoes, but, um, most proud of is making the leap of faith of leaving corporate America to jump into my real estate career. Awesome. You and Dina share some commonalities here. Mm -hmm. This is, this is cool. Very cool. That's awesome. And then on the heels of that, what would you consider your biggest accomplishment? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, defining accomplishment can be many different things, but I think as of recent, it is my husband and I just renovated our kitchen and we have been wanting to do this since 2014 and we finally have done it. So I'm like, love it. Um, last rapid fire question, Gretchen, and then we're going to move on to those meat and potato questions. Sweet or salty? I am salty all the way. Okay. Salt, salt, salt. I mean, all right. yeah, salt. Throw me, one give me all the chips. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Tell us a little bit more. All right, chips. Got it. Got it. All right. And as I mentioned, we always love to get into the meat and potatoes. These are some of the more robust questions that we like to ask our guests. And something that we've been targeting is um, agents from different parts of um, the nation, um, the country. And then I think it is also important to incorporate in the Midwest, um, both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, So we thought, what better person to have on board then Gretchen herself, who um, lives in Wisconsin and does business over in Wisconsin, but also business here in Minnesota. So um, before we go into that, though, please, let's start off with having you share a little bit of a bio about yourself and then your background and how you got into real estate. So prior to real estate, I was in corporate America for 15 years. I it mainly worked for Thompson Reuters for nine years doing IT recruiting. Oh, wow. And I absolutely loved it. I loved the people I worked for. Um, but there was always that inkling that it wasn't serving what I actually would be. Um, it wasn't serving growth. And mm-hmm. I needed more. And I needed it nothing to cap me. And um, that was really the kind of self being self-employed allowing myself to create my goals and not really fitting to the agenda of this corporate job was really appealing to me. Um, So I took that leap of faith and started classes and passed my test. And I didn't really know where to go from there. I was interviewing with different brokerages and I just kind of thought, you know, I, I, it's scary, you know, when you're starting fresh, you just, I didn't know where to go. So I ended up starting with Keller Williams, which I think is a wonderful starting point for any new agent that needs that little bit of guidance in the beginning, because they have wonderful training. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that here in Hudson and then um, fulfilled a few years with them and decided I needed to continue. Like I said, it's about growth. And Mm -hmm. so I moved over to EXP to increase my growth and my exposure. And because 
everybody knows a real estate agent. So how do I get my name in the forefront of people's uh, minds when they think about buying or selling? And I knew EXP was going to help me in doing that. So that's, Wonderful. And yeah. have you, you haven't looked back since, right? Haven't looked back. No <laughs> way. Never, never look back. That's always forward. a good thing. And have you, have you always been a part of a team or were you independent at any point in time? I've always been a part of a team. You know, I, I coming from a corporate world, I love team building. I love bouncing ideas off of other people. Um, I think it's important because it can be kind of an isolating career at times. Yeah. And you can feel very alone. So it's, I really love being on a team and having the team that I am on now, everybody's a very senior agent. So, you know, we're talking 20 plus years in the, in the business. So it's very, um, you know, they've, it's hard to say you've seen it all, but they've seen the majority. So it's really <laughs> just nice to, to have that, you know, and it's, um, and you want to always be around the, not everybody lasts in real estate. So to have those yeah. warriors that have been there through the hard times, you know, 2000, um, and they made it through it and they were successful. Those are the people I want to learn from. Mm-hmm. So I, awesome. I love the team. Yeah. Yeah. So you, yeah. you talked about it a little bit, but what was the inspiration behind getting into real estate and kind of what was the driving force to you know, as a growth opportunity to choose real estate versus just any other entrepreneurial journey you could have chosen? Yeah, that's a great question. School for interior design. That's where I, my college degree is with. And I always had a focus on homes. I, I love them. I just, there's something amazing about creating house to home. And while I was in my corporate job, a lot of people always said, why not real estate? Why are you not doing real estate? You love the parade of homes would come around. And that was like my Super Bowl. You know, I'd be like, oh, we got to go. Ooh, you parade know, of homes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and people are like, you're crazy. <laughs> like, you're crazy. So I, you know, it was just kind of very, um, it was a natural move. It wasn't even like, I guess, like I need to leave corporate America. What do I do? It was like, I'm going to leave and go and do real estate. Um, and I didn't know real what that looked like. Real estate was calling you it. through the parade of yep. homes. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, it was, it was it, everybody, uh, even before I got into corporate America, everybody was, my family, friends would say real estate. Why don't you sell real estate? So mm. It took me a while to get here, but I'm not going anywhere now. I found my home. <laughs> love it. That's, That's so awesome. wonderful. Um, so as we mentioned, part of why we have incorporated this into our podcast is because we want to get a pulse on what's happening in different parts of the country. And in this circumstance, it's what's happening over in Wisconsin, because <laughs> yeah. Wisconsin is a horse of a different color. It really is. You know mm-hmm. that Gretchen, I know that coming from Wisconsin, it being my home state, love it to pieces, but there are some little nuances. There are some, um, situations that can come up, especially on the real estate or mortgage side. So what trends have you seen, um, in Wisconsin, knowing that the market is different there versus in Minnesota, because it is, and there may not be like this stark difference between the two States, but you know, it, there is, a reason that the the river divides. So, <laughs> yes. 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 
So there's a few things that have been happening in them this last year. We are in more in, than the previous years, a lot of people are coming from the Twin Cities mm-hmm. that are just unsure or no longer want to be a part of the culture of the Twin Cities. Uh, they mm-hmm. want more space. They want um, maybe be away from the noise. Uh, maybe it's political. Who knows? But a lot of people are coming from the Twin Cities, crossing the river, looking for a change. And um, so that's been a bigger piece of what I've been selling in real in Wisconsin is from people from Minnesota moving over. Um, sure. And what we're seeing as far as it's, of course, the same as Minnesota, low inventory over here right now, um, you know, versus other years. But we are seeing days on market change. So when in St. Croix County versus Washington County, days on market is definitely lower um, than we're seeing in Minnesota. So, you know, it's something that a lot of that's also enticing buyers to come over here with these multiple offer situations. Maybe we have a better shot in Wisconsin uh, Mm -hmm. than we do, let's say, in Stillwater. So we're having a lot of people making that choice to jump the river. And a lot of times I think the misconception is that Wisconsin is less expensive and it really is not. Um, of, mm-hmm. of course, when you push further out, we're going to see uh, a lower uh, purchase price, but it is very competitive to what we're seeing in Woodbury, Stillwater, Afton, all that. It is, and we have most of the times higher um, property taxes over here. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, people are looking at saving a buck or maybe not competi- competing as much with others, but then they find, oh, okay, it's actually this might actually cost me a little bit more in the end, but with that, they might be getting more acreage. They might be getting that third floor garage. They might be Mm -hmm. getting the updated kitchen. So, you know, it's those give and takes um, that a lot of times with people that haven't been searching over here that they find that they see and that, you know, and those little things are okay, fine. If we get an acre of land, I'm willing to add, you know, a hundred, $200 $200 onto my mortgage payment or whatever the case yeah. may be. So um, I think that's one of the biggest variables that I've been seeing. Um, also, it's just people wanting more land. So people currently living in Wisconsin, um, they just want to push out. A lot of over here in Somerset, Richmond, um, Glenwood City, uh, I could name a ton, River Falls, they are not as developed. So there's opportunity mm-hmm. for that growth and to buy a, a plot of land and build that home that you've dreamed of. I think a lot of people have been discouraged by the market. So they are thinking building is the way to go. Um, and over here, there's a little bit more opportunity being close to the Twin Cities still though. So sure. I do have a question, a follow-up question to that, because you said that you know a lot of people are moving from the Twin Cities So are people mostly, are they able to work remotely in their jobs or are they getting jobs in the, in Wisconsin or what does like that structure look like? Because obviously like, yeah, because obviously like, yeah, if you work in maybe in St. Paul, it works out, but if you push out a little bit further, I'm going to assume that a lot of these people are working remotely. Yeah. And you'd be surprised. A lot of people are willing to take the commute. Um, I would say right now it's about 50, 50. Wow. Uh, Interesting. 
I, I actually recently sold a property to a couple and they're both increased their, their, their current commute is 15 minutes. Now they're going to have an hour and a half commute, but they were willing to oh. do it to get the white house and have that comfort when they get home, they can drop their shoulders. They know they made the right financial choice. Um, mm. And they're willing to do that. And okay. a lot of people are, you know, it's, a lot of companies can adjust to weather. So it's a bad winter day. Maybe you can work mm. from home that day and you don't have to risk driving an hour and a half in knee deep snow. Sure. Uh, so a lot of people know that their employers are going to be flexible on those kind of unforeseen days. So, you know, I, I definitely would say it's 50, 50 because a lot wow. of times too, fascinating. I'll bring up like, oh, the inner, sometimes again, we're in more of a rural area. So internet isn't as great. And I'll bring it up. You know, we don't have fiber optic over here yet. Mm-hmm. You have one, in, one internet provider <clears throat> and it's on data. So, you know, these yeah. things that you would never think that I've never had those conversations about, but I do have to bring it up when I'm showing home. It's so, I mean, that is so important. So, like, it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't I mean, know that by the way, Gretchen. So thank you. That yes. is a nice little value add to this conversation. Yes, one, of, so true. one of my I mean, friends just built a house and they have Starlink internet. So it's like satellite internet because they don't have a service provider. Like, so it's something we, to consider for sure. And like the speed. Yes. I yeah. am in the uh, township of Hudson and we did not have um, any internet options besides satellite until last year. Wow. Wow. And I was, it's we were so interesting dollars a month for satellite because we're paying that, data. That's so interesting. Knowing the proximity to larger cities, right? The right. accessibility should be there, even if it's, you know, across the river or it's strange, baffling. but it is a, huh. it's an extra cost. So I always bring that up because yeah. if you're paying data, I mean, an extra $200 bill can be, you know, can be a big impact. Totally. So sure. I, I do know one way that they can save on some costs and that's their closing costs. The closing costs for Wisconsin versus the closing costs for Minnesota is dramatically different, at least, especially on the buy side. Yeah. Why? Like the buy side, especially. Is it just the way property taxes are accounted for or homeowners insurance or like, why, why would it be so much less? All the taxes and transfer stuff we have here probably. Yeah. It's that that $3 and 40 cents a thousand that will catch up with you. I am telling you when I'm putting together, we have templates for our closing costs for Minnesota and Wisconsin. And it, it, depending on where else we can lend, it'll look different. And I'm like, holy cow, it's like thousands of dollars it savings. Is. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So word to the Wisconsin buyers. There you go. <laughs> yes. I, well, and I mentioned that to a lot, especially first-time home buyers that are looking and really those numbers are so crucial to everything. And it, it, it plays such a big part. And we're in a market right now where asking for 3% of closing costs to the seller just doesn't exist right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having that a little extra th- couple thousand that you can save um, buying across the river. 
I mean, so, totally. and this is maybe like a more technical question, but so do you, so when you're asking for closing costs, like in Minnesota, we always say, you know, 3% is kind of the standard. So what would be the standard? Is it one and a half or 2%? Like, is that kind of more what you would ask for in a normal market? I always default when I'm writing an offer, I do always tell people 3% okay. just because you mm-hmm. want to err on the side of caution Yeah, and it's better conservatively. To- yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always have that lender give the good news or when they get the title, um, you know, when they get their ALTA statement and it lists out everything and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is so great. It's less. And that's kind of that, oh, surprise. But I don't want somebody to, um, I want them to be financially prepared for anything that can come up in a transaction. So yeah. that's where I always default that paper. Okay. I didn't know if like the messaging was different or not, but that yeah. makes sense. I, do, I will share, you know, there is some cost savings, but I don't go deep into it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everybody's story, financial story is different. So, sure. Sure. I, you know, I don't want to get them. I, I definitely don't want to be quoted saying, oh, you can save thousands by buying this house. You right. Know, I don't right. want that. Um, because everybody is so different. Uh, right. It's very true. Yeah. Yep. So. yep. That makes sense. Okay. So mm-hmm. kind of going into what we've experienced over the past couple of years, how are, how are you seeing appreciation of homes in Wisconsin have an impact on buyers needs and impacting the seller? So how has that affected both buyers and sellers um, with this appreciation that we've been experiencing? Yeah. I think it's kind of, it's pretty much what this, it, it's the same of what we've been seeing in Minnesota. I mean, supply and demand, we have these sellers who, um, for instance, the house right down the street from me, they sold their house, uh, they bought it for 180 and they sold it for 375 um, in the matter of a year and a half, actually. And they didn't do wow. anything to their house. They did not. Wow. Do oh um, my gosh. That's one of the highest I've heard. Yes. And now yeah. keep in mind, I'm in a neighborhood where we have acreage. Right. Most of the houses have three plus garages. And these are the, these are the variables that people that are jumping the river are looking for. Right. Space. They care what the house looks like. They want the land. They want the space. They want the privacy. Uh, but also the convenience of being closer to the Twin Cities. So Hudson mm-hmm. is one of the high demand areas because of that. Um, and Hudson is not all, it's growing. I mean, we have everything you need here in town without oh, having to go to Woodbury. Really yeah. So it, it, it's very desirable. And it, it's tough for the buyers because they hear of the success stories of people getting a property, uh, you know, for under 400,000 and acreage, three plus car garage. And they think, oh my gosh, okay. And it's, you know, it's a livable property. I hate to say that, but it's livable um, that they, they uh, think that that's going to happen every week. A house will pop up like that. Yeah, it's right. not happening. It's, it's the, the inventory is just not here. Um, and when that does pop up, it's multiple offers still. Um, now that's more in St. Croix County or that mainly St. Croix County. But if we go further up and we go towards Osceola, 
mm-hmm. or Somerset, you know, we're going to see some, it's days on market increasing a little bit more. Um, home values aren't going to be as high as what we saw maybe in the beginning of the year. People are being a little bit more conservative um, because of those days on market are really scaring the seller. They think, mm. oh, we've been on the market for four days. It's never going to sell. Isn't that the truth though? Like, oh my gosh. It's really yeah. like resetting. Those What's wrong with my house? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have you been marketing? Have you been doing this? Have you know, like it, you kind of get that finger pointed back at you and you're, you have to explain you're in it, even though Somerset is not that far from here, from Hudson, mm-hmm. you are, but you are in a very different market. Yes. Um, and you, you know, having to educate, I think that's been the really biggest piece in this year is just keeping that open communication and really driving home expectation. Your vendor doesn't have the crystal ball. So yeah. we are kind of <clears throat> learning as we go in some regards of where this market's going to go. Um, Cause you'd like to say, oh, your house four days on market, we'll probably get an accepted offer tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe not. Right. You know, so um, versus in the beginning of the year, end of the year, last year, I could say we'll put it on and we don't even, sometimes we wouldn't even have to order the sign for the yard. Right. Away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was on. Yeah. So, you know, it, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's just the things, uh, increase the price has been the number one thing here, definitely in Hudson. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think it will, the times of seeing a house for under 200,000 are over. Um, and that's, that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But it just is, again, that education piece to those buyers or investors that are looking for this area. Yeah. Uh, that's mm. just the way it is. And if yeah. you, that, yeah. It is. So Dina and I, um, pretty religiously, well, I should say it is religiously, we're having market updates through on a missions podcast. And that is something that um, kind of echoes among the real estate and mortgage community is the, um, the challenges around educating sellers and buyers alike on what is happening in the market, what is happening in the economy, how have those shifts happened. And the problem that uh, I've heard pretty consistently is like these very savagely unhealthy expectations that had developed over the last couple of years, um, to quote Logan Madashami, um, through Housing Wire, like he just, he's nailed it home with like how unsavagely healthy this market has been. But now what we saw with the shift back in March, April, let's call it that time frame. Yeah. It's just like boom, like everything changed so dramatically. And so it's like literally sent sellers and buyers heads in a spin. And so for us, like the the best thing that we can do is be that North Star for them in the education component. Like it is more wildly important now than ever to have those conversations and really like serious conversations. Like 
the expectations were so unrealistic before. And that was the reality of the situation. It was kind of an anomaly of a last couple of years. Now we're back to reality. We truly are back to reality. We're back to um, getting back to a little bit more balanced market. We're back to where I shouldn't say this, but it's kind of the reality, like where rates should be. Right, <laughs> to right. get everything 100%. to start to balance. Oh, it just needs, yeah. it's the reality of the situation. And it's so- one. <clears throat> yeah. And I've been having a lot of conversations with clients of like the appreciation has happened. And even if it kind mm-hmm. of evens out, like, and it takes more than four days to sell your house, it doesn't mean your house is not going to sell. Right. Like, yeah. And being priced correct is even more important than ever, because mm-hmm. if you do overprice, it will absolutely sit there and then it loses the market momentum. Will tell you. Yeah. And yeah. it loses momentum right out the gate. It's like, you know, if you have a concerned seller, like it's interesting. I had a house hit the market last week and we were originally going to go out a little bit higher. And I had a conversation with him and I just said, you know, based on today's market, I think we need to price it lower because people with, with interest rates where they're at, like buyers are more concerned. They're actually paying attention to the the monthly payment versus the purchase Mm -hmm. price. And their searches have kind of shifted. So, um, and having those conversations up front, I think is hugely important versus waiting for it to sit on the market for three months before you have those conversations or three weeks even, you know, because that's going to make the difference in being able to sell your house or not. And I think it makes the difference too for the seller to trust you. I think it's yeah. you know in this market, it's so easy yeah. for again to point a finger at somebody because <laughs> maybe your house didn't sell as fast as your neighbors. Well, okay, you fought me on listing it for four hundred thousand when I said it was valued at three fifty. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. And and so, it's like I said, I said it was worth three fifty, and last year it was worth two seventy five. So you're oh, still making yeah. seventy five thousand dollars more than if you sold it a year ago. Like that's yeah. the data I've been looking at. Is what would have your house sold for a year ago, and what am I considering the price to be today? And look at that increase because people. It is funny, like you know, in this market, like people are like, Oh, in two years, like I should be able to make all this profit. And it's like, no, usually it takes five to seven years to get back enough equity to get even on a transaction. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the conversations that are going to start happening here. Like it's so unusual to buy a house and double or triple your money in two or three years. Like that's just not what has happened before and COVID really fueled a lot of that. So it's going to start to teeter off here. And, you know, if people want to flip homes, like they're just going to have to be patient because it's not going to appreciate as quickly as it has been. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that we have been talking a lot about the shift that has been happening in the market. And so I, I think that we did a really good job of honing in on that Um, and talking about some of the specifics, but Gretchen, as we've kind of trailed through this, is there anything else that you would want to share uh, with us and the listeners about what you're seeing specifically in your market there in Hudson with different shifts? Yeah. So I, we definitely, you know, historically, I always, I always look historically what has happened last year at this time to kind of compare of where we've been at, what we, because history is the best indication of what can happen and what is to come. But this market is so different than what we've ever seen. 
but I mm-hmm. really, it's just that really the major change in this in, in Hudson and River Falls, Prescott is education. If you're ready, if you're ready to buy a house, you need everything ready. You need yeah. to talk to your lender. You need to understand fully if your rate is to change, which the rates are still great rates, mm-hmm. but if they were to change a point or half a point or whatever, I want you to understand what that looks like. So if you feel uncomfortable with those numbers right now, or don't understand them, then I don't know if you're ready to buy in this market because okay. I, I love that waste your time. I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste mine. So, you know, that's the number one conversation I'm having with people is about the money, the rate. It's barely about the house anymore. It's, it's, we just want a house, you know, we just need the three bedrooms and two baths. I don't care Mm -hmm. about the rest. And, you know, of course that's, that's a generalized statement, but really it's about people just want to lock in and get a house. Cause they're sure. afraid of what's going to eventually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, value go down. So as long as they understand what they're locking into, I think that, you know, everything is possible and we're, um, mm-hmm. but with that being said, we are losing buyers because of this, you know, yeah. we are yeah. less buyers that, you know, once they do fully understand it, they're that they wash their hands and say, I'm out. I can't mm-hmm. afford it which is okay. I don't want anybody buying anything that can't afford it. So, um, and that will help the market even out a little bit too. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I agree. I think you're going to start to see more people come back into the market here as we, uh, you know, over this past week, rates took a dip, which was really nice. And you started to see more people flooding in more mortgage applications coming through Um, Those statistics don't lie. Numbers don't lie. This is what we always talk about on our market updates. Um, And so as we start to see, I feel like I'm a broken record at this point in in the year where I'm like, as you start to see inflation come down, you're probably going to start to see interest (laughs) rates come down too. I've only only heard you say that like 15 times, Kelly. I I know. I know. I know. So yeah, I think I think we'll start to see a little bit more um, flooding back into the market, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And then these people who have already put themselves in a position of getting educated are like, now we're ready. Yeah. Now we are one hundred and ten percent ready. Maybe we we're seventy percent ready before we thought we were ready. Now we are. And for Dina, Gretchen, myself, we're going to be like, sounds good. Sounds good. Here we go. Yeah. Guns ablazing. Guns ablazing. I think that's, and I think that is such a great approach, Gretchen, because that is, it does save you so much time in the long run. And like I always tell people, if they don't want to get pre approved, it's like, well, how do you know you can even buy this house that we're going to look at? Like, why would you want to go and look at something if you don't even know you, you can afford it? Right. And so by doing that footwork, I think people think that buying a house should be so easy. But when it was easy, that is what led to the crash, right? And so mm-hmm. that is why it isn't easy to purchase a home. Like that's why you have to go through these, you know, go through this process to make sure that you are comfortable with everything. So you don't end up in the situation like 2007, 2008, 2009. Yeah. <clears throat> so exactly. I think that's great that you do that. 
Yeah. And I always say like, I don't want you calling me in two years or a year saying I can't afford my house, right. You know, and okay. to sell it. And, you know, I want you to be in this house as long as you want to be in the house. And I, I also don't want you to get days away from a closing table and you get your, your closing fees and everything. And you walk away because you got get cold feet. You know, yeah. that's something that I've seen more than ever uh, oh, on wow. the side of the river, people walking away from deals um, in homes coming back onto the market. So that is so interesting. Do they, in yeah. Wisconsin, do they lose their earnest money then? Like, are they forfeiting yes it? No. Or? So okay. in, in depends on when they decide to back out, but most of the mm-hmm. time they, they will forfeit it because yeah. if you've already passed your financing contingency, then you're, yeah, committed. that's on, yeah, that's on the bias. I was, I actually, as you were saying that, I'm like, gosh, that's an expensive, expensive cost. If you're backing out, you know, three days prior to closing, cause you get your closing disclosures and then you're like, Whoa, I wasn't anticipating that. And then that's, you know, I, I will sincerely say that that's kind of on the lender too, for not having the communication and the conversations about like, this is, this is like number one conversation I'm having after somebody is getting pre-approved. Number one. Yeah. Here we are having conversations about your estimated cash to close worksheet here, are all of your itemized breakdown of all of the fees. So you have no surprises as we get closer to putting in an offer. Um, you have no surprises as you're getting to the closing table. Like everything is laid out for you pretty simply. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think a lot of times it's for some of these buyers that get cold feet, it's the noise of family, the media, the, the scare, <laughs> you know, the fear mongering. Yeah. <laughs> the housing market's going to crash. You're going to be underwater. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Betty gives you a call and says, what are you doing? Don't buy a house in this economy. You know, it's like, okay, no, <laughs> you, uh, you, of course, if you aren't prepared to buy, then don't buy, but yeah. you also are approved to buy your lender has yeah. done the due diligence that you right. can afford to buy this home. Hmm. Um, or don't, you know, don't let those people get in your head that we're going to go to 7%, 8% in the next week. <laughs> Did I lose right. uh, Nope. We're oh, good. You're back. Okay. Yep. Good. We're good. <laughs> but but no, yeah, I don't know if it's probably me. Hudson internet. I was going <laughs> to say, you have a lot of Wisconsin internet. <laughs> we don't have the fiber optics over here. Is that what they call it? Right. <laughs> Differences you see. Did we ask that question? Am I? I think we kind of touched on it, but you know, there's not between Minnesota and Wisconsin there, there is, a. I would say the difference is the volume of buyers. I feel that in Minnesota, we have a lot more or that I have seen. There's a lot more buyers, um, mm-hmm. that we're competing with. Um, so in, for instance, like in Woodbury, Woodbury is very high demand. Um, yeah. and it, we're talking a certain price point too, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so from, I would say 350 to 500, I would say it's still very competitive and multiple buyer situation, um, highest and best being called. Um, but, and that's in those surrounding, you know, suburbs of the twin cities, I feel like are, it's still pretty, 
pretty hot. Okay. Um, but, you know, going more north, things are thinning out a little bit. It's not as high demand as I'm sure you guys see too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, there's not a terrible amount of difference. I, it's just, I think it's the, the main difference is what people are looking for in, right. in sure. their home. Sure. That is, I mean, there, I do see at least on the lending side, just with guidelines um, with Wisconsin being a community state versus uh, Minnesota, those, there are some differences, but we're not talking about the lending side of things. We're talking about real estate. So um, and I don't even know what that means. <clears throat> so the community, I, I can't. Yeah. I, <clears throat> there are, um, there is a small percentage of states that are community states and I can't really speak very intelligently about what the difference is. So sorry. No, that's <laughs> fine. I've just never heard that before. I didn't even know that was. I haven't thing. either. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious. That's yeah. It's more on the lending side. So okay. um, perhaps I'll do a little bit more digging on what the, like the, true definition of a community state is for you guys and send it on over. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, So Gretchen, we are almost, we're almost wrapped up here. Um, Want to say thank you very much for taking time, carving time out of your day to hop on here and do this podcast recording with us. And it was certainly a pleasure to see you. We'll have to get in person and um, grab some lunch soon. But before we wrap up, my last question to you is, where can our listeners find you? Oh my gosh, you can find me pretty much anywhere. Um, and thank you, first and foremost, thank you for having me and inviting me. This has been really fun. Absolutely. Um, it's always fun to um, kind of share what things are going on, even though we are so close in proximity, yeah. our markets are, are, are different. So sure. Um, but yeah, so people can find me. I am on Facebook, Instagram, uh, sold by Pile on Instagram, and Facebook. It's just Gretchen Pile at, at the Snyder team. Um, and I'm I'm on social media all the time. Otherwise, people yeah. can always email me or find me dr- on my direct site, which is Gretchen Pile uh, EXP Realty. So wonderful. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping to do more deals with you, Kelly, too. So it's it's. It's exciting times. It's always fun doing. I tried to make a heart there. There we go. There's a heart. (laughs) There it is. It was like a little, maybe infinity sign at the beginning, but you you got there. Well, let's hope. Yeah. I like the infinity better. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Too funny. Too funny. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for joining us again. And um, we'll make sure to put your contact information in the show notes for our listeners so that they know how to connect with you as well. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you, ladies. Thanks for listening to On a Mission, where our goal is to educate and inspire. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye. Bye.